Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Tim. And we are The, the Irreverence. Irreverence. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. How are you? It's been a weird week. It has been a weird week. You've had a particularly weird week. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that you've had a particularly weird week. I have had this, like, that strange week that you sometimes see it happen to other people. And you go like, yeah, that would be weird. And then it happens to you and you go like, oh, my God, you have no idea. Yeah. So. Jenny has gone viral. Which it's is so funny. In a good so way. Funny. Not in a coronavirus yeah. way. Not in a coronavirus way. We don't yeah. even need to talk about coronavirus this week. No, except I have to say being in protests and seeing thousands of people in masks is still a bit unsettling. Yeah, I bet. You know? Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, I wrote a, I felt called, it was my day off Monday, I felt called to go to a peaceful, sort of a, a way to be a peaceful presence at one of the Episcopal churches here across the street from the White House. And there had been a fire there the night before. And so we wanted to ha- to establish really that place as a place of respite and peace. And then the day didn't end well. Let's just say that. And um, I... Hashtag took- Jenny got gassed. Well, and, and I took a shower and washed the tear gas out of my hair, you know, as one does. Yeah. And... Came down and sat down in my chair and wrote a Facebook post for my friends that I knew were worried about me because they had seen me there. They knew I was there, and then they saw that it was gassed. And um, I also had texted my bishop to tell her what happened. And then, like, completely unbeknownst to me, she went on the Anderson Cooper show. And so, anyway, it was a little crazy because then by, like, the time I woke up in the morning, John Legend had retweeted my Facebook post, like... Yeah. That's funny. So it's been a weird week, but partly it's been a weird week all across the country. It's and been I shouldn't say a weird. Hard and terrible week. It has been beautiful and terrible. Yeah. It has been the way. I mean, also, it is no coincidence that Sunday was Pentecost, which is the arrival of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. Comes in, in things like flame. Suddenly the country seems absolutely ablaze with love. Part of what's really weird and special and wonderful and beautiful and terrible about this week is that suddenly people seem so energized and so courageous. Focused. Focused. Come together. Yes. Like in one voice. We, We have been confronted with the truth of our society and what it is for vast sections of it and that it's not great. And well, it's worse than not great. It's it's brutalizing and demoralizing. Dehumanizing. Dehumanizing. Demeaning. And the thing is, it has been from before the start of the country. And most of us didn't see it. And some of us didn't see it because we didn't want to see it. And some of us didn't see it because it wasn't happening to us. And there's just this yeah. sort of bias that, that when you, there's just this whole thing that doesn't occur in your own life. You don't know it exists. And and then you're confronted with an eight minute video of George Floyd dying. And part of what's so heartbreaking to me is that this wasn't even the first video this month no like okay well 
this, it's not even just the horrific, brutal murders of the last 10 days or year or 10 years. It's 400 years in this country. And, and, and so I feel like I hope and pray it's part of my prayer that this really is an uncovering that cannot be covered back up. And I, I feel like I have seen it sweeping across the country and, and it's, it's amazing and it's terrible and it's beautiful and it is, you know, God's story is full of things that are awesome and terrible and fearsome and powerful and all of that all tied up and that's what this week has been like and Every i'm really day. tired i feel like i'm not very articulate right now i'm kind of right. tired it's you're under it's understandable that you're tired you've been on a lot oh of interviews God. i'm sort of sick of talking but you know what i'm not sick of oh my god i'm not sick of the podcast like doing this feels like i mean this is something we've been doing for what so, two and a half years this is the normal like, thing that's happening for you this week this is yeah this is yeah. like such fun work because this podcast is one of our great joys this thing we created together to do something that we both care so deeply about and on one level it's just two people who are friends and like each other talking about something they care about a lot which is god and the bible Mm -hmm. and yet we have such a desire to talk about it in a way that people have never heard it talked about that's the thing they the reason that we do this podcast is exactly that to reopen it in ways that we haven't heard in our nation the major loud voice of christianity in our nation has a method of reading the scripture that is and a theology about who god uh, is that is actually a fairly modern one not a very traditional and orthodox christian one and we created this to provide people a look in on the process that you and I both use when we're getting ready to write sermons. The exegesis, that is the study (laughs) of... The exegesis. The extra Jesus. That is the study, the study of what the scripture is and what it's meant, what it meant for the culture in which it was written in the culture of the early church and now. And it's this opportunity to regain something that is lost and something that the world desperately needs. And it's also completely valid Christianity. I mean, like, we're not like some fringe movement. No. We are both ordained Episcopal priests, part of the Anglican tradition that is, like, ancient. And But part of why we did this was because people are not, they're not hardly even aware that there's a Christianity that invites you to really deeply engage with your intellect that allows you, encourages you to ask questions. Yeah. And to read, seems, to read more than the proof texts. Well, to also encourage you that a struggle is actually a sign of growth and faith and yeah. engagement. And that God gives us our intellect to use it. And that God is not afraid of us saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Or why would these stories be different here, one and another? Or... Or whatever. Or did God really make the world in six days? God gave us this gift of imagination and question and wondering and curiosity and snark and all of that. Like, why would God be like, but just don't use it against me? <laughs> you know, like, 
Um, so part of our purpose in this is to show show you and also just experience the fun of it ourselves yep. of taking what the readings are for the coming Sunday and using that like tired cliche of unpacking them but unpacking them in this different and fascinating way and then trying to look at them and see what does this have to do with our lives now because people also think the bible is just a book of a story of a bunch of old dead people and yeah. that's not very interesting to me like a, a bronze our age novelty. already like and part of the problem is that we as americans now go back and read the scripture through our lens of the culture we live in now. Yeah. But when you go back, my one of my seminary professors said, you have to take Jesus back to his sandals and then you can bring him back up into the Nikes. Like mm-hmm. you have to understand these scriptures in their own time and then you can bring them up yeah. back to, you know, anyway, I feel like this is such holy work and it's so much fun and it brings us a great amount of joy to do it and oh, yeah. to know that people listen and yeah. I mean that's kind of in our name the irreverence the irreverence which was supposed to be a clue to people about like what you'd get like crack open this podcast and you can see you're going to get two Something people who different. are a little irreverent yeah. yeah so we invite you to listen to some of our previous episodes you can, if you go to iTunes or yeah. subscribe um, on iTunes or on Google Play, Google Podcasts, and you can and you Apple can listen Podcasts. to some previous episodes. Yep. And you can also go to the website for St. John's Georgetown and click under Mission, and it, we can find our podcast. And then we've got pretty much all of our episodes there. But we encourage you to give it a try. And should we should we get started or? We should. Speaking of the, did God really create the world in six days? Our first reading is from the Old Testament. Oh my gosh. It is the story of creation, Genesis. So I'll go ahead. You want to read it? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While the wind of God swept out over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome, and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, 
and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And so endeth the lesson. This was a long okay. lesson. A very long lesson. I want to, we want to hone in on some, on some lines. But the poetry of this is just so beautiful. I mean, some of it is just so minute. And I also get the creeps, pardon the pun, like with all the swarms of living creatures and all that, like I sort of, and the things wiggling and everything. I always think about millipedes when that's part of the Oh oh my God, me too. Yeah. The the things on the earth, like I sort of get creeped out. And like all the things in the water, like when I go to the beach, I like have to not think about the things that live in the water. Yeah. Not like I'm afraid of sharks, but like even the, like the jellyfish and all that, I can't. So it sort of gives me the creeps, but I love this pattern of God created it, and God saw, saw it that good. it was good, and, and there it was, was morning, evening. And it was evening. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so. And so there are a few things, very, very, very important to notice. Big picture things here. This pattern of chaos and darkness, and God brings order to it. Uh-huh. This is a really important pattern that you see repeated in life all the time every day in everywhere and i am hoping we're in one now where we're still in those chaos waters while it's being sorted out yes and here's the thing god is at work in the dark Hmm. the story begins before there is light 
God is at work in the chaos waters. God is at work in the dark. There is no place where God is not. There is no place where God hasn't always been. And this is one of the great lessons and patterns just of a few of the words in this story. Mm -hmm. And here's another moment. Even after everything is created, including people, God saw that it was very good. Yeah. Oh, sometimes Beautiful. when you need it, just let yourself read that. And there was evening and there was morning. Let's hone in on what feels. Yeah. Well, a couple, a couple things to just discuss real quick, because this Sunday is Trinity Sunday. So it's the... It's the doctrine that no one understands. And, and that no matter what you <laughs> preach, you're probably going to say something heretical. But it's important in this to You know, note the good that, news is they don't burn heretics anymore. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, like, that's so sometimes, uncomfortable. Okay. No. So my I, father has actually traced our family line, like, back far yeah. enough so that... Yeah, you've had a couple there people There are people... I know. Except one of the guys who was burned, they somebody actually stabbed him in the head first, which was like a mercy killing, so that I guess he wouldn't feel like the burn. So he was technically place. burned at the stake, but, like dead first well that's so more like roasted nice yeah i know but okay we digress but, but the, we, we do that often on this podcast i know it's but like, the thing the thing to focus in on that before we get to i think the thing we both want to talk about is when god is saying let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and that indicates right there in the beginning that there was a multitude within god right right of some sort this is not a royal we, this is a plural. And right. And the old, what we call the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Hebrew was its original language. And the Hebrew is very clear that these are plural words. Yeah. It's not like the way we use a royal we. Right. In English. Right. So uh, this, this, it, this, is, and this is why it's pulled into the doctrine of the Trinity. Of the Trinity. The Trinity that... was there in the beginning in, in our reading, looking well, back on this. And not only that. In the day where God breathes over the water, the word for breath, the Hebrew word for breath is ruach, which means breath, but it also means spirit. Right. And so in these, and then there's one more. Okay, so we've got the idea of God as plural. We've got the, the word for God's breath that moves over the face of the deep, which is also just so beautiful to me, that it's with God moving over the face of the deep with God's breath that God begins to bring some order to the chaos waters, which, by the way, last week was the Holy Spirit, and we are in the chaos waters now, and don't you feel the breath of God blowing across the country right now? But then God spoke God's word, and the way the Hebrew works, actually. So in English, there are a lot of extra words. And God said light. And then, okay, how does it go? And God said, let, let there, be light. there be light. And, and there was light. light. But the so, actual direct Hebrew word would be more like, and God spoke light and light. Yes, light happened. Except yeah. get rid of the English word, but the idea of like, yeah. turn on the lights. It's God like spoke the word. Light. light. Right. Yeah. The word is efficacious. The word light Cre the word creates, creates the light yeah and and we christians can look back on this and read into it this is the living word this is jesus 
So this is one reason why this story, that gives us all three. The father who's the creator. The son sort of who the, is the word. The son who is the word that just is. Things happen when the word shows up. And the spirit and the Holy that spirit, sweeps out the breath to do it. That sweeps across the chaos waters, yeah. bringing order. But let's hone in on what has really, really, really been on my mind. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The, I have been thinking about this. The image of God in every human being. That every single human being is made in the image of God. Not that, some lesser, not some three-quarters or three-fifths, not some invisible. Every human being is made in the image of God. And we have refused to see that truth. And it is here in the very beginning of the Bible. The word Genesis means beginning. This is like in the first few pages, folks. And we refuse to see it. And here's the... I'm sorry, like, I'm on a roll. Can I finish my roll? And Preach. Then like, okay. So here's the other thing. First of all, we've, we've shown you how the Hebrew says that when God says make humankind in our image, it actually is meant plural. And then male and female, he created them. This is no trick of the progressive Christian movement. This is no ploy, political ploy, to read back into the Bible something that affirms our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters. It is right here. It is right here in the beginning, in some of the oldest scriptures that we have. Male and female, he created them in our image. The idea of gender, the genders are blended in this God we have. The God we have is somehow multi-gendered. Somehow the genders both live inside God. Okay, now I'm off my soapbox. No. Not for long. I'm sure I'm getting back on no, it. It's but great. your turn. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I, that, I was going to say that, that the whole male and female, he created them right here. It is not the other story of creation that follows this has oh, yeah, the, story, yeah. the story of Eve being brought forth from Adam created out of his rib supplementary but right here before even that is this acknowledgement that they are created by god in god equally image. equally yeah. and obtw so. in that other version eve's created from his rib not his foot not his butt bone she is created from right from his next side. to his heart right, right next like, to his heart like to be alongside of him yeah so anyway this language here in case People think, again, that the Bible is just full of a bunch of old dead words that don't mean anything anymore. These words here are where we get in our baptismal covenant the promise that we will respect the dignity of every human, human being. being. Because they it are made not, in God's image, every single one of us. And it is, is not made some in God's image. Every single one right. of us is an icon of God. An icon meaning meaning what like a, a sacred image and this is not some tangential idea to christianity or judaism it is not some fringe idea it is central it is central 
humankind, every human was made in the image of God and is very good. Now, whether and, or not they behave properly. Okay, that's another story, literally. That's definitely another story. Yeah. Listen to other podcast episodes. <laughs> right. But, but the bottom line is we, as individual Christians, have absolutely no right to treat any other human being without dignity. Well, and to do so is really blaspheming the image of God. Yes. I have to say, most haunting sign I saw today, a simple cardboard, like the side of a box, that said in magic marker, my life matters. Yeah. I wanted to cry at the idea that that beautiful woman had to write that on a box because for hundreds of years, this country hasn't believed her. And this idea is not grounded in political ideology. It is core and essential. It is and bedrock. It goes back to the very beginning, period. Literally. But I'm bumped. Shall we move on to the gospel? Yeah, sure. Okay. So in the lectionary, there's there are actually usually three readings, but we just do two of them. There's three readings in a psalm, so I guess technically there's four. But we usually just do two. So this week's gospel is from... The Gospel of Matthew. The Great Commission. The Big Commission. Okay, oh my God, you're giving it away. Sorry. Dude. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Okay. And that's usually initial capped, too. The Great Commission. Okay. The Big Um, Commission. Matthew. (laughs) Now that sounds like a police commissioner. Another completely different story. We can get to that. So um, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. The 11 disciples, and then again, spoiler alert, it's because Judas isn't there anymore. Wink, wink. Okay. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Big Commission. The Big Commission. The commission, that's what this gets called when Jesus says, go therefore. I love that. Like people don't really talk like that. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, of course, the gospel comes in the New Testament. And so... This is one of the, probably historically, the first place we hear about the notion of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, You can probably glean some of that out of Paul's letters, which were written Mm -hmm. actually before the Gospels, but this is definitely the clearest one. It's, it labeled, yeah, it lays it out. It Um, is probably indicative of the fact that that was the, the baptismal formula that was being used in the community that Matthew was written in. Right. And so they, they traced it to this moment. Okay, yeah. so what should, what do we say about this? Because, like, I'll be honest, this doesn't... When I just read this... I mean, here's the thing, Tim, also. So, like, I was not a big Bible reader. I had to learn to do this when I went to seminary. If I was just sitting there read this, I would read this and it would just sound like a bunch of blah, blah, blah to me. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do love the thing, remember I am with you always to the end of the age. I also find that very comforting right now. Totally. So that no matter what else is going on, Jesus says, I am with you, even to the end of the age. 
there is not a time when Jesus is going to blow us off and be like, I have had it with you people. Well, there's a couple things going on here. Jesus is passing the baton of authority. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Now you go, therefore... And uh, do what mm-hmm. I'm telling you to. So it's passing. Oh, so that therefore is oppos- uh, appropriate, yeah. not it's like passing, dramatic. Passing this uh, authority for baptism onto the church, onto the 11 disciples. And the big thing that I want to focus on, though, is teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. It's not just enough to baptize people, we have to teach them and disciple Ouch. them the things that Jesus commanded. And when you actually read. In the Gospels, the things that Jesus commanded, they basically come down to a few things. The great commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. On These two things hang all the law and the prophets. And also the great commandment that Jesus gives at the Last Supper, the great mandate, which is love one another as I have loved you. These are the things that we are commanded by Jesus to teach and... And to live. And to live. And we teach a lot of things in Christianity. We add a whole lot of things that aren't necessary. Sometimes we just have to focus on the basics. And that is love God, love your neighbor as Jesus has loved you. So, BTW, that's Tim's preaching voice, man. Like, you got on a roll there, too. So, I have to say, I felt a little, like, challenged. Not just as a priest that I'm not sure how well I teach, But part of being a Christian is learning what a life of Christianity is supposed to look like. Right. And love God, love your neighbor. Okay, neighbor. Neighbor traces back not just the story of the Good Samaritan, which again, another day, but we just said, do you really have to love your neighbor? Like, what if it is a really annoying neighbor? Like, we all know those neighbors. Still got to love them. Still got to honor the image of God in them. I have a feeling that I am the annoying neighbor right now. But yes, it harkens back to why do you have to love your neighbor as yourself? Because you are all made in the image of God. Yeah. And then what does it mean? What does it look like to love? Is love a feeling? Is love an emotion? Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. So... You have to know something about the life of Jesus and what his love looked like. Which means you got to break open that Bible. Oh my gosh. You can't just hold it. Nope. (laughs) You actually got to read it. And when you read it, what you find is story after story that the way Jesus loved people was to do things like... Heal them. Heal them. Feed them. Bring them back into community. Teach them. Show compassion for them hear them and see them when other people didn't like i don't know the blind guy on the side of the road and everybody says shut up when he's calling out for help and jesus says tell me what you would like for me to do for you not assuming this this is what jesus love looks like this is where we get this stuff and this is the christianity that we are commanded to teach this is what Jesus's loving others looks like it is bringing people back into community it is cleansing lepers who had to beg for food and live on the outskirts of the community and were unclean and bringing them back into wholeness and touching a woman 
who was untouchable and had had a not only not only the woman with the issue of blood she not only had this problem but she had spent everything she she had blew her entire fortune trying to be healed so she could be in community hello healthcare system yeah hello poverty jesus took a woman in poverty who had been let down by the healthcare system of her day who was an outcast who had what my husband would call woman problems and healed her your faith has made you well this is what the love of jesus looked like and this is what we are commanded to do and to teach and to be oh and here how else did jesus teach how did jesus teach with parables Okay. What are you, you going for? What? what are you going for here? I don't okay. know what you're going for. Okay. Oh my for god. Here. Oh my god. Like here I here I am on a roll. Like, oh my god, this is what I do. Okay. <laughs> she looks <laughs> at me. me we're doing this time. on FaceTime. So right, she looks right. at me with this look like I'm supposed to know. I'm like, I don't know right, parables. Right, right. I know. And then she's <laughs> look at disappointment came on her face. Like, that was not the answer. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yes, he taught in parables, but that's not what I was going for. One of the main ways Jesus taught was by his actions. Okay. He did also preach a fine sermon, C-E-G, the Sermon on the Mount. He preached a fine sermon, and there's story after story of people saying he teaches with authority, like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he also taught by telling stories, like parables that had endings that people didn't expect and all of that. But what I was really going for, too, which, which I think is part of what I feel is our role in the world right now is he taught by example he taught by leading he taught by showing up he taught by doing love and so much of what we just said when we said what did it look like how did jesus love others we talked about these actions and these actions were teaching people what love is like and so that's really what i was going for tim so you don't get the prize dang it Um, not this time there's there's always next episode (laughs) all right yeah i can't yeah Okay, so what does it look like to love as Jesus loved, to live a life where you are healing and bringing compassion and wholeness and reconciliation? Like, I don't know, showing up at a Black Lives Matter as a white person. Yeah, and, and, teaching, talking other, back, and teaching others to do likewise. Well, and when you hear people say things that degrade the image of God in another human being to speak, because remember... You're made in the image of God. And one of the things about God's word is that it makes things happen. You can use your words to make things happen. And you can use Jesus' words to make things happen, too. Oh, my God. I see what you you did there. You open the Bible. (laughs) All right. Okay. Should we do a Lectio? Yes. Lectio. We said do a Lectio. What do we mean by that, Tim? Do a Lectio means to do a Lectio Divina, which is sacred reading. It's a method that goes back to... The monastics, um, what they would do is they would select a piece of scripture and they would meditate on it, reading it over and over and over again to pull out the meaning for themselves for the day from that word. And so when we do Lectio, we do a modified version of it where we read it three times. We ask one another what stands out in the reading to us, and then we offer a blessing to somebody or a prayer for the world in some sense from what speaks to us. And there is a formula, sort of a classic formula for Lectio Divina that has four steps. And 
the first one is is to read it multiple times. Right. And the second one is to say what is something that arises for you from it. The third one would be to do the sort of unpacking of it a little more, I think. And then the fourth one is, what prayer does this call for from you? Right. And Tim and I have, what prayer, what action do you feel God's calling you from with it? It could be a prayer action. And what Tim and I have done is just sort of condense it. We read it three times and then do that. In a way that makes sense for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually okay. this method would, you know, be something that you're doing for at least a half hour. Right. And, so, you know, that's too long. So yeah. we even shorten it to Lectio. So I think I picked the scripture last time. So, beloved, which is what Tim's t-shirt says, it's your turn. It's actually a t-shirt from the Georgetown. Oh, is it really? Yeah. From, oh, from, yay. From when, when Becky was the chaplain at uh, right. Georgetown University. Becky's Episcopal Artman. Lutheran. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Becky. Yeah. Who gave me this t-shirt. And a lot more. I know. Like, talk about teaching how to love and yeah. being a dis- being a teacher. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All righty. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It stands out. So, to the end of the age, I, I find great comfort in that because I have sometimes been wondering if God gave up on us, like we deserve it. I feel like there are times when we deserve it. Like God would just be like, I've had it with you people. Like you don't get it. I've done everything I can. And you're still killing each other and beating each other and polluting the earth and all of that. And I think that even though I'm a priest and I know that's not true, I just get, I just get weary and I just get heartbroken and I am not beyond the ability to despair. But Jesus is with us to the end of the age. Like literally those words, end of the age, feel like a healing balm to me right now. That no matter how long it takes, Jesus is with us. He doesn't leave. And that feels like healing balm to me. Yeah. What, what do you think about, Tim? What stands out to me is with you. And the Greek there. You mean being with me? Oh no! Yes. I'm sorry, you were talking about. Oh, you're sorry, standing you're out talking to me. About, I'm sorry, you were talking about the gospel. Jenny, you're standing out to so, a lot of people yeah. right now. All <laughs> oh, right, Jesus. Uh, yes, we love him. But stand out. What stands out is the words with you. And uh, <laughs> looking at the Greek, it's okay. it's met is metasu. Yeah. And with you said metasu, you, you know. And no, I know, didn't know. You know, as one uh, does. Su, just break into Greek. Just to put mm-hmm. it in there, su is the second person plural genitive form which basically means y'all oh oh so it's not it's not just like you, you individually Tim. it's it's everybody you all y'all jesus is with us is it y'all or all y'all because isn't uh, that this, like a this would be thing? actually the all y'all version right okay yeah, it's like uh, y'all all y'all right you know? so that's awesome jesus jesus is with all y'all i am with all y'all always Oh my God, that's, oh my God, Tim. That is so meaningful. That coupled with what stands out to you to the end of the age is just, it is Boom. sweet words for hard times. And all a, y'all means, yeah, because all y'all means every one of y'all made in yep. the image of God, not just some of y'all, yep. but all y'all. And it's not like that individual you that English gives us that lets you think 
that Jesus is just with you or just with the people who say the Jesus prayer. It's all y'all and all y'all who are all made in the image of God. That is, boom, our work here is done. Except our work here is not really done because we'll be back next week. Wait, what's your prayer before we go? My prayer is... My prayer is a prayer of lament and confession and sadness Mm. that I said in my sermon this past Sunday that the church needed to stand up for something worthy of the gift of the Holy Spirit and that this is it, respecting the dignity of every human being. And part of what I confess and did in my sermon on Sunday is that it has taken us in this country 400 years for the church to begin to stand up. When I say the church, I mean the church as a whole and not take it anymore, not and overthrow this, but we have to admit our part in it. We have to truth tell and confess. And I ache for that, but I also know that it is the turning point to healing. So that's my prayer. It's kind of a weird one, but it is a blessing and and it is hopeful because once you name it, you can repent and you can do something different. Mm. And so what, what's yours, Tim? Uh, My prayer is for those who don't see the need to repent because even they carry the image of God. Mm. Um, My prayer is that we create a just society that such attitudes can no longer be maintained they just would be simply seen as foolish as false which they are but they're also destructive and i hope that they just die away like a cut out tumor and that the people can be freed to see the image of god in themselves and one another oh i pray that too so that's our podcast if you like what you hear please follow us um you can Subscribe Find us on, on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play, Google Podcasts. You can also rate us. And you can find other episodes on either iTunes or Google Play or um, actually it's Apple Podcasts now, right? Apple Podcasts. Not, I still, yeah. I so don't get that. And, and Google, Google Play is about to go to Google Podcasts too. Well, and you can also see, listen to previous episodes on the St. John's Georgetown website. And we are building our own website and we just haven't had the time to do it because we have other jobs. And hashtag in Corona time, hashtag never ending work day. So uh, we'll s- actually, actually it takes a lot more work to, to do church. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I know. All right. So we'll see you next week and thanks for listening. And um, I think the episode was a little longer than usual, but yeah, for oh, obvious there, reasons. Yeah. Okay. God bless you. God bless all, right. all y'all. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that all y'all.